Welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with David Corin from RVA Wealth Management. Our podcast is all about providing anyone considering retirement with the confidence they need to pursue their dreams in this new phase of life. We cover a wide range of topics, from retirement planning to investing with purpose, all while making you laugh and keeping things lighthearted. With David's years of experience and guest industry leaders to help guide us, you'll walk away feeling informed, empowered, and ready to take on your future with confidence. So sit back, relax, and get ready to join us on this journey to a new life. Hello and welcome to the Unleash Your Retirement podcast with your host, David Corin. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, David. How are you? Fantastic, Wendy. We're we're happy to be in our new space here. Uh, we moved our offices, so uh, we're we're real excited to be here at 4510 Cox Road, Suite 201. <laughs> I want to come by and say hello. We're here. Uh, we're not finished our unpacking. We're still unpacking, but we will be probably by the end of next week, I hope anyway. Well, uh, congratulations. Yeah, we're all excited. Everybody's got a nice office and we've got lake views. So it's sort of a big change from the parking lot view that we used to have. So is it a bigger space? Did you, you you're, oh, you've grown so big that you need a lot more space? It is a larger space. And honestly, we were sitting on, uh, we were doubled up in offices before. So uh, now we're not. Now everybody has an office. Uh, we actually have a couple of spare offices to allow for some growth. So yeah, much bigger space. All right. Well, congratulations. And now we have a guest once again today. Yes. Mike Smith is with us again. Mike and I have been working together for over eight years. Uh, Mike is a certified financial planner. He's a former former equity desk, desk trader. He's worked on the Boston Stock Exchange. He does a lot of our research and our our modeling work for us. Uh, in terms of putting together our models. So uh, Mike's uh, experienced a lot of the things we'll be talking about today relative to our clients. Well, he sounds like a big deal. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Wendy. It's good to be back with you. All right. So what are we going to be talking about today? Well, today I wanted to talk about how advisors uh, really become an extension of the family for their clients and why that happens and sort of contrast that with investment advisors. So a lot of people don't know what advisors do really, especially wealth management people like we are. They, they're they more familiar with just investment advisors or annuity salespeople that call themselves retirement planners or something like that. Uh, and many of these people are simply transactional. They they put you in, uh, in an annuity or, or a particular model or investment plan that they might have for you. And that's it. They really don't do a whole lot more than that. Uh, and they charge a fee for that usually one to one and a half percent. And there's not a whole lot more that you get. And so therefore, a lot of people out there sort of sour on working with advisors, right? I mean, you probably heard that, you know, people are want some value for what they give. So what we do that's different is that we really get to know everything about the client and their family and what is important to them about their family and in general, what's important to them. Uh, now, we record all of these nuances. I mean, we document it, we write it down, we don't forget it because we know that it can be very critical in later years when we're helping that client or that client's family deal with challenging issues, which we've had to do over the years. These issues could be related to grandchildren or kids, uh, 
Uh, we've had situations where there have been brain injuries to uh, to grandchildren where they have to set up special trusts. We help with that process. Uh, sudden illness impacting one of the children. How do they deal with that? What are the financial questions that they have to ask? Do they do an able account or not? You know, what are what what are some of the issues that come up with that? And you know, what if there's a death? You know, one of the clients, uh, one of the first clients that I really helped a lot. I I felt very touched by, moved by. But they're still a client. More than 10 years later, I had a client come to one of my classes, turned out that she was there because her husband had just passed away unexpectedly. She was in a situation where her husband had taken, only left her with 50% of his pension so that when he passed away, because he was expecting to live a long time, of course, when he did this and the difference between the 50% and the hundred percent was huge. So, or the hundred percent to the, you know, shared with the wife. So it was huge. So he had not Basically, she found herself, she lost her social security benefit. She had her pension income cut in half and they had bought a very sizable home, right? Mike, Mike very, knows who I'm talking about. A very expensive home. And on top of that, the husband had done all the financial work and she didn't have a really clear picture of what even the mortgage cost, uh, where the accounts were. It was a, a big mess she yeah. walked into. And she had done a, and he had done a 15 year mortgage. Which, which locked them into a very high payment. So immediately had to help the client rearrange the finances. They didn't want to sell the house right away. And I looked at everything and said, well, you don't have to sell it right away. But one thing you must do right away is change your payment because you cannot afford the current uh, 15-year mortgage payment. So she refinanced into a 30-year mortgage, which immediately lowered her, her uh, payments and really helped her out a lot. So when you want to lower your payment, the only way to do that is to refinance. You can't like ask for, no, I guess you can't. You just can't change no. the payments. Well, they'll let you pay more. They don't let you pay less. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and then when, you know, depending on interest rates, you know, that could be like, if it were to happen now, she may have a bigger problem on her hands. That's a great point. Yeah. At the time, David was helping her rates were very low and it made sense to refinance stretch out the loan. And over the years, she followed our advice. Eventually, about three years later, she did sell the house when the market was was in a nice place. So she got a nice price for the house, um, sold it quickly. Um, then she uh, downsized into a smaller home, uh, was able to pay off that mortgage. And then she had some issues with the child. So there were some issues there. So challenges came up along the way. And she was... Um, able to help her child out as well. She actually bought a house and and now is leasing it back. You know, these are things that we help clients navigate. These are real life issues that come up that they need help with and they need some guidance and they want somebody there to sort of, especially in her case where she didn't have a husband any longer to, to deal with, we became her financial go-to people for just about anything, whether she was buying a car or anything else. And we are there like that for many of our clients. And the other big issue, one of the largest issues that we deal with on an ongoing basis has to do with the issue of, will does assisted living need to be considered? You know, we've had clients that uh, develop Alzheimer's or dementia, you know, and it's a husband and wife situation and the, whichever, well, they'll come to us and they'll say, you know, fortunately, so-and-so has developed you know, Alzheimer's just got diagnosed. They don't want you to know, <laughs> but I need to do something. What do I do? So we have resources. We're also very familiar with what's available in the community, where to go, what to do, 
but we also have resources that can help with that process. We helped a client, similar situation, a husband and wife. He was, he was at a, the, the husband was at a point where he really couldn't take care of the house any longer. Uh, and he was starting to show some, some, he had a debilitating uh, neurological thing going on that was causing him to shake. So it was a problem for him. And she really wanted to move both of them into sort of an assist into a facility where if assisted living was needed, they could buy it. They could do that. And he did not want to do it. I mean, he was, oh, he was adamant. Didn't want to give up that, that control. You know, people that have are used to controlling things and running the show all their lives. And he was still very sharp. Keep in mind, it was not a dementia issue for him. It was just a, a physical thing for him. Uh, so the thought of giving up control for him was just, he did not want to do it. But we, we I worked with him. She worked with him. We talked about it. I explained financially, you can afford it. You know, we went through the numbers. That's part of the role we play is we do go through the numbers and say, okay, look, if it's this much, you know, even if both of you are receiving care, guess what? You can handle that then. And we budget that out for him, show them their cash flow. So we answered all of his questions financially. So he, he couldn't say, oh, I don't want to go because I can't afford it, which is what he was saying initially. So he, we helped her debunk that. Uh, and showed him that he could do it. And finally he moved. And about three years later, thank God, he ended up needing full-blown 24-hour nursing care. He could not even feed himself, unfortunately. And uh, unfortunately, he did pass not too long ago. And at the same time, she developed dementia. So it was just, it was sort of devastating. But we already were working. They had three, three children. We were already working with the kids. So they knew what was going on. We knew what was going on. The trust was in place. All of the estate planning work had been done ahead of time on our advice. So it's been a really smooth transition in helping the, the children deal with what's going on. So they've already lost their father and they're likely going to lose their mother, but they are not worried about the finances. They're not worried about how they're going to handle things. Uh, they're not having to deal with chasing around uh, dealing with probate, dealing with the courts, uh, because their parents thought everything through, worked with us. We helped them, encouraged them, got them with the attorney and everything. And they ended up in really good, you know, in a really good place for the family. That's why we become an extension of the family for many clients, right, Mike? Absolutely. Yeah. We've attended a lot of funerals and really do become part of the family. It's a long term relationship. And, and that's why we, we're a team here and we built a team, you know, it's, it's me, it's Mike, it's Caleb, it's, it's John, it's, uh, it's Robin now, uh, and our support team, my wife works with us too. So we feel like we're family here, but then when the client comes in, we become a part of their family too. And that's very important. I believe to being an effective wealth manager, because if you don't understand all of those nuances of what's going on in their life, what's important to them, uh, who their kids are, who their grandchildren are, what they want to have happen when they're no longer here, when they do pass away. You know, we can help them position everything in a way that their wishes, their goals, their objectives is what we focused on. It's not just about the investments or the money. Now, mm -hmm. I know we talk a lot about that, but that is not <clears throat> what we're all about. You mentioned earlier, you know, you some sometimes 
financial advisors are getting a bad rap. They're sometimes getting a little bit of like, you know, the car salesman reputation. So is the fact that you ask so many questions, is that a signal that you're more of a planner as opposed to somebody who's just trying to sell you something? That's very true. And it's the depth of the questions. Yeah, We are fiduciaries, which is very important versus being more of a salesman role. We are going to take a lot of time and we're going to do what's right for the client. And there's been times where we've advised a client to keep accounts elsewhere, to do things that weren't in our business interest, but it was the right thing to do for the client. The, the amount of time and planning and preparation is different when you're uh, working at a firm like this with uh, several CFPs here. It's not a sales relationship at all. We, we think of this as a long-term relationship, not if they're trying to make a quick sale. Yeah, we're definitely consultants. And like Mike said, fiduciary consultants, meaning that we are going to do what's in the client's best interest, no matter what, you know, it's never about what we want. It's always about what the client wants. And we give our best advice. Sometimes the client doesn't want to hear it, you know, and sometimes they don't take it, honestly. And sometimes they're not clients a lot lot longer. Um, Well, it's hard, you know, if you're, if you're giving your best, if somebody's paying you for advice and you're giving your best advice and then they refuse to listen to you, uh, why are they paying you? There's no reason for them to be paying for advice that they're not going to take. Uh, so that doesn't happen very often, but you know it does happen occasionally. So we have to uh, you know make sure that we're we're working with the client, doing the best thing for them always, even if they don't want to hear it. It might be easier to tell them what they wanted to hear, but that's not the best advice. Okay. Yeah. That's admirable. But in in our mind, it is the job. Right. That's what we're here to do. You know, we've got years of experience here. I don't know. Gosh, if we were to total up the experience here, it's it's well over a hundred years. I've been in the industry myself over 40. So, you know, Mike, what is coming on 30 years, 30 years. So just sitting right here, there's 70 years (laughs) uh, of experience. Um, And we've seen a lot. We've been through a lot. And we've helped clients through a lot. I think that's the other thing. I mean, we've, we've been doing this quite a while now, and we've seen a lot of things happen. And so we can anticipate what could happen. Therefore, we know what to do to prevent it and to guide and steer the client in the right direction so that they don't run into the headaches that we know can occur out there. Uh, probate is, is a big one. Not having your account set up properly uh, to deal with probate. People don't understand, you know, uh, they think, oh, well, you know, I just left it to my estate. It should be fine. I've got a will. Well, if you have a will, you're going to have to go through probate. And that's an onerous project p- prospect for anybody. Anybody who's ever been through probate knows what I'm talking about. It is not a pleasant experience. It is time consuming. Uh, it's wrought with lots of headaches. and it can be expensive. It can be very expensive. And guess what? It's unnecessary. All it takes is a little planning. And you don't have to do an expensive trust to avoid probate. It can be done with a will-based plan and simply setting up your accounts to have the right kind of beneficiary names to them and understanding that any account over 50,000 needs a beneficiary. I don't don't care what kind of account it is, bank account, brokerage account, whatever, it needs a beneficiary. If it has a beneficiary, it will not go through probate. And a lot of people don't realize that. Same thing with your house. You need a name beneficiary on your house. Otherwise, your house will go through probate. So that's the only way to avoid probate on your home, by the way, if you have over $50,000 in appreciation in, in the value of your home. So 
you definitely want to make sure you've done taking all these steps to make sure that things are taken care of. It, it's bad enough for an heir to have to deal with the death of their parent or their spouse, right? We just had that happen recently where a spouse uh, unexpectedly, one of our clients passed away. It's bad enough that you have to deal with that loss, right? You know, it's it's can be so frustrating to have to deal with this grief and then have to deal with all the paperwork and headaches, question marks, and the inability to get to money and the everything's locked up and you don't, oh my gosh, you know, you just, people don't realize when, when someone dies, anything in their name has to be transferred to someone else. And it is pretty much locked up it's until frozen. it's transferred. And it's a lengthy process, right? Does it on average, do we have a time period, like a year oh, pro, or something? Probate can be six months to two years or longer. Okay. Yeah. If things are frozen, then that can be a real issue. That's you exactly have some right. bills to pay for the estate. You can't get to the money. It's, right. it's not good. Unless some planning has been done. And uh, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't realize this. That's why, you know, we work with a lot of estate planning attorneys to make sure that the client has all the documentation. They have a power of attorney set up. They know who that person's going to be. That's real important, uh, especially in the case of dementia issues and things like that. David, I think that a lot of people just assume you have to go through probate. I mean, that's really kind of what I've always thought is that when somebody dies, you have to go go through it. So you're telling me that's not the case. Absolutely not the case. Uh, when you with the, if the assets are in a trust or if the assets have a name beneficiary, they do not go through probate, period. And I've heard a lot of our clients say the best gift they could give to their kids was to have everything properly set up through the trust or the name beneficiary so the children aren't dealing with this. Huge uh, stress reliever. And we want to make sure the client's done all of these things because uh, if you have a trust, by the way, you should fund it. it. A lot of people don't, they set up, they go to an attorney, they get a trust drawn up. They say, oh, well, you know, when you die, it'll all go, it'll pour over into your trust. All your assets will, because that's in your will. Well, guess what? If the will is first, that's probate, okay? You want to put the asset into the trust ahead of time so that when you do pass away, it's already in the trust. There's no question the trust, the new trustee takes over. Uh, there's no probate because the trust goes on. Yeah. Probate. That's a nasty word. Well, and, and believe me, it depends again, you know, the timing and the difficulty it's uh, one of the attorneys we work with. He, he can, he compares probate to having a, a deal with an, a sticky issue at the DMV. Oh, yes. A very difficult issue too. Not not a not an easy one, but a difficult any, one. DMV. Any task yeah. at the DMV is a difficult one, right? <laughs> um, so and and only worse because in many cases these uh the folks that handle probate for the, for the different counties because it's usually handled on a, on a county basis, they are backed up, backlogged dramatically. They don't have it, they're not they're underfunded, they don't have enough staff. And they just, you're, you're going to go in the queue and whenever they get to you, they get to you. And it could be six months from now. It could be two years from now, but you know, we'll let you know. Does it cost much more to make these plans ahead of time so that you don't have to go into probate? No, really. It really doesn't. I mean, you, it costs you a little bit, you know, to get your will in every setup, maybe $1,500, $2,000, something like that to actually get your will power of attorney. Uh, medical power of attorney, all that taken care of. Um, a trust might cost you a little bit more, $4,000, maybe it depends on the attorney and how detailed the trust needs to be. 
but uh, we're not talking huge sums. Whereas on the back end, if you have to hire an attorney, by the way, and a lot of people do to deal with probate, uh, you may be talking at tens of thousands of dollars to deal with the set, depending on the size of the estate. Uh, it can get quite expensive on the back end. I don't like that. No. And if you're the person who's passed away, not your problem, but it sure is the problem of your heirs, right? And m- what we discover in most cases is that our clients care about the heirs. You know, the people that are going to receive their funds, there's a reason they want them to receive it. And they don't want them to have headaches and problems. <laughs> they want to, they want them to be able to grieve without a lot of headaches and a lot of problems. They they actually they understand it's their last gift to their heirs and they want to give it. You just reminded me of a funny story. Uh, we were helping somebody. We said, we need to double check all your beneficiaries, especially these old insurance policies when you're young. And he said, well, it's a really good thing we check those. I said, why? He goes, I still had my ex on one of the insurance policies. <laughs> I don't think that my- happens a lot. I'm sure. Our it spouse does. would probably not be really delighted with that. Yeah. He, no. he was remarried and the old spouse was on the, in the life insurance policy, <laughs> the old life insurance policy. I do remember that, that, that does happen more than you would think. Uh, so people them. don't pay attention to it. <laughs> I mean, and one of the things that I think we do for clients too, is because we ask so many questions, uh, we force the client to look at their finances, to understand their cash flow. Cash flow is so critical. I've talked about it before. Um, understanding the inflows and the outflows, because when you're, especially when you're getting ready to retire, you really have to have a handle on that. It may, when you were making lots of money, you probably didn't have to worry about it. But once you're retired, you do have to pay attention to the inflows and the outflows and understanding how everything is set up and realizing how your beneficiaries are structured. All of those steps, we really force clients to go through that process um, because we ask them the questions. And if they don't know the answers, we give them a homework assignment. We actually write it up and send it to them and say, okay, at our next meeting, you need to have this, this, and this for us. You know, this needs to have been checked off. And I think it's a surprising guy. We, we, I don't know for how many years ago we started doing that, but at first I was a little hesitant to send clients homework, but then it became very clear to me that that was the right thing to do. And they appreciated it. You know, the clients really appreciate the fact that we gave them homework. Mm. They came to a meeting, we said what we were going to do. And then we said, this is what you need to do. And they appreciated that. And guess what? They do it. Because they said, otherwise they wouldn't do it. I don't want to deal with this. You right. have to stay on top of me. So we help. And that makes sense. That's why we have financial planners, because we don't want to do it. <laughs> and and that's what you're paying us for. And so let us do our job. You know, that's what we're here for. And a lot of people don't realize in retirement, the way the tax is going to impact them and when to start social security. Can I work while I'm retired? There's a lot that goes into this. Yeah. And and I didn't mention this. I talked about the client earlier whose husband had died prematurely. She only got 50% of the pension. She got, she lost her social security, but then she also got hit with what we call the widow tax because you actually go into a higher tax bracket as a single filer than as a married filer. And so you get this, it's almost like a triple whammy when your spouse dies in retirement, uh, you get a reduced pension, you get a reduced social security, and you have to pay more in taxes. So a triple whammy in terms of costs. Yeah. I don't like that. It's not fair, but, and that's, and we plan for that though. We do plan for that. We go through the scenarios and say, well, what if one of you dies? Okay. What's the impact? And we show the client what that impact is 
and we help them prepare for that. Okay. So what would you say the most important things are to look for then when trying to decide? Hiring an advisor. Uh, yes. Well, you if you're going to work with an advisor, uh, you need to, first of all, understand what you are looking for from the advisor. So what are your questions? And keep in mind, uh, you are interviewing someone that is going to work for you for the rest of your life. And are you comfortable with not only the person you're interviewing, but the team that backs them up? You know, are they asking you the right questions? Are they steering you in the direction you believe you should, you know, they, are they doing the job you think they should be doing? You know, are they adding value and they're not just throwing you in some investment account and forgetting about you? You know, are they meeting with you regularly? Are they asking you questions? Are they giving you homework? Those are the things that will tell you that the advisor really is a wealth manager, really is a financial planner, really cares about you. They're a fiduciary minded planner and they will be a good partner for life. And keep in mind, you know, somebody like me, I'm 65, so I may not be around forever for a particular client. Is there a team that you also feel comfortable with behind that lead advisor? You know, you've got to have a good team behind you. And I think that's also important. Make sure that you've got a good team to work with so that if something happens to the advisor, you initially start with, there's a team. You already know who you're going to go to, who's going to help you, and you're comfortable with that person. And one other bit of advice I would say is to use the FINRA website. Uh, the government keeps track of everybody's discipline records that's in the business. So FINRA, F-I-N-R-A, you can put in the advisor's name and address and it'll tell you anything that's gone on, where they went to school, have they been disciplined, have they been suspended from the business. You want to make sure you're working with a credible person. Right. It's called Broker Check on FINRA. Broker it's called check. Broker Check. And I've been amazed. You know, you go in there sometimes, you know, like someone will come in and they'll be complaining about this. I'll pull it up and say, well, I can see why you're complaining. <laughs> you know, they've been disciplined three times. They've changed broker dealers or changed who they work with three or four times, you know. They've got issues. They've been disciplined for this. You know, hey, look, they were signing signatures. Yeah, I saw this is actually true. I was looking at one the other day. They had, they were disciplined because they were they were forging client signatures on documents, and they got caught doing it. I mean, it's just they they have no, in my opinion, that particular person had no business being in the business, but they were. So you do have to look, and that is a way to find out. Look at their history, find out where they've been. That is a good tip. So what is the site again? How do I get there? Uh, it's FINRA, F-I-N-R-A, broker check. Okay. I encourage people to do that because I, I want, if they're going to work with us, I want them to really feel good about their decision. Not, you know, wonder, oh, well, you know, I just jumped with them because, oh, I took his class, you know, or something yeah. like that. I want them to have interviewed other advisors or have some basis to compare so that they, they know what they're getting into because I want a good partnership. And, and again, not only do we become a, an extension of the family, but I'll be honest, we feel very connected to the client and feel like they're family. I mean, I, I can't help but feel that way about our clients. It's like what goes on in their life is really important to me, you know, and I want to make sure that I am meeting, not only meeting their needs, but also that that nothing bad is going to happen to them. I want, you know, just like any family member, I want to make sure that they're well taken care of. Well, thank you both for being here today. Cheers to the new year. Yes. Happy 2024. Yeah. 
just rolling along. So thank you both. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Unleash Your Retirement podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rvawealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 804-497-2100. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RVA Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal tax or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of RVA Wealth Management. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RVA Wealth Management or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, RVA Wealth Management and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.